for me, I just can't seem to wrap my head around this. The only time that you show up to speak on anything is to promote your your work, which is what an entrepreneur is supposed to do. An investor, an entrepreneur is supposed to be the you're, you're supposed to be your biggest person in your world that advertises your own stuff. Because if you're not your biggest fan, then who else is going to be your biggest fan? So I get that part. And I, I commend anyone who is willing to uh, put herself on a, out on the line. You have someone like Kevin Hart who has built a um, probably a multi-million dollar uh, empire, if not more than multi-million. And he's doing an excellent job, you know, from the movies that he's doing to the YouTube channels and everything in between. Right. And so that's awesome. Nothing against that. That's black equity. We fully support that here on the show. Here's something that I've noticed though. What I've noticed is there's a lot of commentary in the podcast space, the YouTube space and the world in general about wealth. And then there's no commentary besides here that I can see where we're actually converging the two, because along with wealth, along with power and influence and whatever it is that you value in life. Along with those things comes the very people in which you're serving. So if you have a business, you know, you become more valuable when you can raise the amount of people that you are servicing in the community. And so someone like Kevin Hart, he has risen his value up because he makes a message that could be black, white, green, yellow, and everybody in between. His universal language is laughter. And so he shows up a couple months ago to talk about the upside. Obviously, it was during the same time as the Oscars, and he decides not to do the Oscars. We commended him. We were happy for him. We said, hey, you did the right job. You may not be bulletproof like you said you were, but hey, you are stepping into your black equity because you're not caving to these people. And then Don Lemon wanted him to uh, become an advocate for uh, the LGBT community. And he declined. He said, why would I do that when I, that's not really my world? So I don't want to, you know, perpetrate something that I'm not. And everybody else was saying, well, you could be an advocate. You could be an advocate. He says, no, I'm good. And I respected that. Actually, I said, no, don't let them pressure you into being an advocate. Why would you allow someone to pressure you into something that you don't want to do? And so I'm not here to pressure Kevin Hart today. I'm not here to pressure, but I am here to criticize. I am here to look at the situation. And when I say criticize, I don't mean him as a person. I mean the situation as a whole. Because we can't really get better if we don't look at situations, find the wisdom in it, tear it apart and build it back up. To me, that's what what being a, a thought leader is all about. It's not necessarily looking to see, well, who's going to approve my message? It's looking and saying, I'm going to provide a new way of thinking. And by the time you realize that this is probably the right way to think, I'll be on the next thing. So here's what I'm thinking. You can choose to believe it. You can choose not to believe it. Frankly, it, it, it doesn't hurt me and it doesn't hurt you to just listen. That's all we're doing here. It's just listening and seeing what, what can we find? What can we learn? 
Here's what my concern is. There has been over the last few years and really since the beginning of history, but let's just focus on the last few years. There's been an uprise of the black consciousness in America. So much so that people are really launching businesses, really doing great work and really going to the next level in their lives. At the same time, there's been a heightened sense of uh, some would call fear. Some would say that there's a heightened sense of fear in this society that not only are we shining and doing great things, but now there the system is getting uh getting put in more place to come and attack us and to try to take us down as a community. That's what some would say. Some would say there's a rise of white nationalism. Some would say that. I don't have those that data. I'm not here to tell you where the rise of this is happening, where the rise of that is happening. That's why I'm really good friends with reporters who can provide me data. The reporters do the work on, on the ground, and I respect them. I'm not a reporter. I'm just I'm really just looking at the the game and giving you the commentary off of the game that is in front of us. And hey, some people will say, well, that's not real activism. Some would say that's not the real kind. I've heard some people say that. And some people may be correct. Maybe I'm just not the real kind. But I do find value in creating a dialogue, having a conversation and letting it sit there for the general public to consume it. Finding a way to think, think a little bit differently so then we can really analyze where we are in our society today by trying to look at where we've been and where we could be in 10 or 15 or 20 years. So as we are looking at the last three or four years, there's been a heightened sense in the black consciousness that I've noticed. With the rise of entrepreneurship, with the rise of investing, with the rise of the type of uh, music and videos and, and everything that we not only consume, but also produce and have uh, equity in. That being said. During that same time, there have been a lot of people who have profited off of the fact that black culture is the number one culture in America. It's not hip hop culture. It is black culture. Hip hop culture happens to be in black culture. So I want to make sure that we put that out there. Hip hop culture is inside of black culture. So with black culture being probably the number one genre, the number one culture in America, and I'm not saying that as we're better than you. I'm just talking about impact. And I just happen to be a black man myself. So maybe it's biased, but I think the numbers would support that American culture is black culture. Black culture is American culture and vice versa. The, the two can't go without one another. Many people come here for our culture. They want a piece of us. You know, <laughs> they, they really want a piece of the black experience, the black food, the black music, the black dialogue. That's for many of people. That's what they want. OK. Part of that is also the game of comedy. We talked about the game of comedy on one of our first episodes. We talked about this world of comedy and how important it is to make people laugh because people just want to laugh at the end of the day. That's all they really want. And nobody can make you laugh like a comedian. OK, at least that's what they tell us. And so what they do is they, they take this information that's going on in society and they, they put it together in a nicely packaged way uh, and present it to you in a way that you should be able to smile at the end of it. 
There should be punchlines and jokes and you should be able to, to laugh. Now that we got that out of the way, now that we are setting the ground for this, I'm just trying to understand how come many entertainers will reap the benefits of our culture. But when it's actually time to actually speak up and say something about what's going on in the culture, they show up on these platforms. They show up on places like Joe Rogan. They show up on places like The Breakfast Club. They, they try to hit the biggest market they can to get an, enough eyeballs to look at them. That's all this is. You don't just show up on Joe Rogan. You don't just show up on The Breakfast Club on accident. Because that is where two, three, four, five million people are going to view this interview and this discussion. So someone like me, I want to sit down and see, well, what's the game? What are you trying to do here? What type of message are you going to put out? Who sent you? And so two months ago, Kevin Hart says, I'm not going to be discussing uh, anything with the homophobic uh, storyline. He goes on Good Morning America, sits down with Michael Trahan. He says that. He says, no, I'm not doing it anymore. Yesterday, he sits down with Joe Rogan or within the last 48 hours, he sits down with Joe Rogan and he discusses the homophobic issues. After he told us two months ago, he wasn't going to do it anymore. He wasn't he would never you would never hear me talk about this ever again is what he said. It's been 60 days. Here he is. And what is he here for? What is he here for? To sell a book. And his special on Netflix. He already got paid for it, but he has to push it. So it's already probably in his contract to do certain type of media to to promote the book and promote the special. Because a lot of people just drop specials and then they don't show up anywhere. And that's fine. But when when Netflix is paying out what he quoted to be close to 40 million dollars or something crazy. For two specials. You have to ask yourself, well, what was in that contract? Because that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to put into somebody off of two specials. So then you have to ask yourself, okay, well, what was all tied to it? Well, all you have to do is look at the equity. All you have to do is look at how everything moves. For the first time ever, from best of my knowledge, and if anyone has any other knowledge, please provide that knowledge to me so I can be enlightened. Kevin Hart shows up on Joe Rogan and has a very deep conversation about life. And a few things were highlighted within that conversation that for some people could be seen as disturbing, but for most people, it went right over their heads. They did not see any of it. They never saw it coming. And so I'm here to say, hey, stop the horses. Let's look at this. And in the very height of, of black culture right now is a conversation about how we treat one another. You know, is the government involved in certain things? Now, you would say, well, why would you go talk about that on an interview? This is Joe Rogan. (laughs) This is Joe Rogan. That's all he talks about is government conspiracies. All he talks about on Joe Rogan is uh, social media. You know, is it doing this to our brains? All he talks about is uh, the Sandy Hook situation, 9-11, the moon landing. Joe Rogan talks about what y'all would call conspiracy theories. 
So somehow, some way, Kevin Hart finds his way on Joe Rogan and never really addresses any conspiracy theories. He finds his way on a platform where there's open dialogue, where we discuss everything. And the only thing we discuss is nothing. He talks about how you need to stay positive and don't be negative. So now he's trying to brainwash your mind. I don't believe that standing up for yourself is being negative. I just don't believe that. I just find it hard for Kevin Hart to sit down on Joe Rogan. If you are familiar with Joe Rogan's podcast, you will understand that everything that Kevin Hart talked about was nothing about the Joe Rogan experience. It was the Kevin Hart experience. It's almost as if he paid for this interview to happen. I've never seen Joe Rogan just say, yes, yes, uh uh-huh, okay, and not push back on anything, ever. I'm just wondering. I'm just, it's not adding up. I've never seen a guest come on Joe Rogan, ever, ever, and not discuss some type of problems and flows within our society that could advance the conversation of how we live as human beings. That's what Joe Rogan has popped off doing. And so when Kevin Hart comes during the same week as a Nipsey Hussle situation, during a two, three or four year time where the black consciousness is growing and he comes on and tells people, you know, a lot of people in the culture, they're just negative. Well, who is he talking about? Who is these negative people that Kevin Hart is talking about? He says everybody's focused on being negative. Who? Who, Kevin? Because we told you that we don't think you're funny. When did when did paying for a show, sitting down, not laughing, walking out and saying, I didn't enjoy that show become negative? Why? Why? Where is the investment in you sitting down telling the audience That you read books, but you only read Tony Robbins. Maybe you should pick up a Claude Claude Anderson book called Powernomics. Maybe that's the problem. Then you say you read Michelle Obama, I'm Becoming, and how it was such a great book. But I could tell that you knew nothing about I'm Becoming because you provided no. Usually when somebody says it's a great book, they'll pull out something. They'll say, yeah, it was a great book. I think the biggest thing I learned was. No, you're just saying book titles that are already popping in the streets. You, you're just saying book titles. Tony Robbins, you're just using buzzwords. Tony Robbins, Michelle Obama. And then you, then you start citing yourself saying, yeah, and that's why I'm going to put out my book, because I think books, you know, they can they can really shape our culture. But you just said you really don't read. You only read Tony Robbins. You only listen to I'm Becoming with Michelle Obama. That just came out. So you've been on this planet for almost 40 years. And the only books you've read 
are Tony Robbins and Michelle Obama. Something's not adding up here. And no, I'm not here to, to, to be another conspiracy theorist. Once again, we are doing critical thinking, critical thinking. This is the Joe Rogan experience. Where we break down society to build it back up. That's what Joe Rogan built his brand off of. Kevin Hart shows up. And basically doesn't talk about anything. He just shows up to show up. And rambles for an hour and a half about nothing. And people are start talking. They'll start talking saying, wow, this is really great information because he told you to be positive and that we live in a world where everything is negative. Well, thanks, Kevin. I, that was that was very insightful. Well, what did you really want him to do? What, what are you asking for Kevin Hart to do? Not sell me bullshit. Stop selling me stuff. Be a be a fucking human being. Have a conversation about what's going on in society right now. Drop the fake smiles. The crocodile eyes. Stop it. It's all fake. It's all it's all it's all fake. I'm I'm always a happy guy is what he says. I'm always happy. Look, I'm not saying you have to not be happy, but come on, Kevin Hart. Tell the truth. You're not always happy. You're a human being. Yes. You're an extension of God. You are God. I got you. But obviously you don't know that yet. So we're going to treat you as a human right now. You're a human being living this experience here on earth, and you're telling me that you're always happy? You've never experienced any down parts of your life? It's all bogus. You're selling books, you're selling specials. You're not really opening up to the American people. So you you guys are asking me, well, what do you want from him? Why are you always on everybody? Because I want to raise the standard of the conversations that we're having publicly instead of wasting our time. Y'all waste people's time coming on platforms to promote your stuff. But you really have nothing of value to bring. I'm starting to notice a trend here. Anytime somebody's on Netflix, they show up on Joe Rogan. Ask Killer Mike. Ask how Killer Mike showed up on the Joe Rogan experience. Now, the difference was when, jo- when Killer Mike showed up on the Joe Rogan experience, they broke down society. They talked about public and private schools. They went in on culture. So as much as he may have been trying to push his trigger warning of Netflix, he brought a lot of value to the conversation. He raised the standard of conversation in that moment. And so you have to applaud Killer Mike, whether you agree with how he's doing it, whatever his agenda may be. Everybody's different. Everybody has different pieces of wisdom. Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. But at least raise the standard of conversation. Don't show up 
and say absolutely nothing and do these soft, soft answers. We should all stay positive. Everything is wonderful. Read Tony Robbins. Read Michelle Obama. These are the safest answers in the world. No, read Claude Anderson. Read something different. Read about African civilization. Oh, you don't want to go African civilization? That's too black for you? You, you want to, to kind of keep it, you know, where everybody can consume it? Fine. Go read The Go-Giver. Let's talk about The Alchemist. The Four, the four Agreements. Let's raise the standard. I'm not saying Michelle Obama's I'm becoming wasn't popular, and I'm sure there's great wisdom in it. I'm just saying it's a safe answer. It's a safe answer to sell books. It's a safe answer to sell your special. You're playing it safe. Everything you're doing is safe, and I got you. Safe works. Safe works. But you shouldn't came on a Joe Rogan experience if you wanted to play it safe. That's not the place to go if you want to play it safe. But then I have to ask, well, why is Joe Rogan not pushing a little bit harder? And now I'm starting to realize people pay to be on these things. They have to. Or if he's not paying to be on it, it's, wow, I really got Kevin Hart. It's a really big big interview. I'm not going to push him hard. Uh, The fact that he's on there is going to elevate my brand even further. I mean, those are the only two options I can possibly think of. Your option is, well, they were just having a conversation and that's just what happened. It's not that deep. Everything doesn't have a a deeper underlining uh, notion behind it. And you may be correct. There may be nothing here. I may be looking underneath a rock that has nothing underneath it. But I just find it odd. On every other Joe Rogan interview, the conversation gets elevated. You learn about different books you've never heard of. You learn about different things that you've never seen before. But on this one particular interview, during a time where the culture is shifting and there's some real genuine questions happening, they throw out Kevin Hart and tell everybody to be positive. I just find that weird. I find that the, the timing to be very weird, very, very weird. You know, the, Malcolm X used to say, as soon as something would happen in the culture, they would throw out comedians to, to become the voice of the culture. But in, in other people's cultures, they never would contact actors and comedians, comedians and entertainers in order to be the vo- voice of the culture. But... They always, this is what Malcolm X is saying, and Dick Gregory talks about this too. They always throw out you a comedian. They always are going to throw out an entertainer. They'll never actually call up the real people who are doing, doing the work. It's all about entertainment to them. When you start crossing over, they just want, they just want you to entertain them. They don't want you to have a mind. You may say, hey, you're, you're going too far. It's not that deep. And I'm telling you, this dude showed up on the Joe Rogan experience, added no true 
added value, in my opinion, I'm allowed my opinion, I didn't hear anything that, that hit like that. I mean, Andrew Schultz of the Brilliant Idiots went on there and tore it up. He's a comedian. Yeah, he talked a little bit about a special that's on YouTube, but the conversation didn't center around that. He didn't play it safe. He went on there and said, Netflix is done. Joe Rogan pushed back and said, whoa, Netflix is done? Yeah, Netflix is done. And I wonder why Joe, Joe Rogan felt the need to say, whoa, Netflix is done. Because everybody who does anything through Netflix, they go on Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan couldn't say that. I just find it funny. There's, there's, there's an exchange of value there. It may not be money, but there's something going on between the Joe Rogan experience and Netflix. It's, it's, it's clear as day. There, there is a connection there. All you have to do is pay attention. It's right in front of you. I don't make any of this up. Go sit down and listen to the interview. You tell me what you leave with. Go sit down, listen to Kevin Hart and Joe Rogan talk. And then I just want you to take another random Joe Rogan experience. Just, just pick one. Pick any of them. And you tell me if the conversation is elevated compared to any other conversation on Joe Rogan. Any other conversation. You tell me what you see. Kevin Hart's wasting our time. Yes, he employs his friends, his buddies. So yes, there's black equity. He owns his own stuff. He owns his own companies. He's employed his own people. Let's commend him. He also was on Netflix and did a whole Black History Month documentary. You have to applaud that. You have to applaud the efforts in which Kevin Hart is making. But what I am saying and what I am, what, what my concern is, is where's the elevation of the conversation? During times where the conversation needs to be elevated. Because he's not the one to do it. Kevin Hart's not that guy. Or we just have to face facts. He's not really for us. He's for himself. And that's okay. You're in a capitalist society. Capitalism rules the world. I got you. You're for yourself. But we can see it. We can see what's really going on right in front of our eyes. We're not dumb. The black equity in this is, hey, sell your books, sell your special, push it to the world. But guess what? I sat down. I looked at your special. I laughed once. I asked, did anybody check for for Kevin Hart's special? The consensus is nobody cares. Nobody in this culture cares. The, the thing is, you use your black equity to position yourself into other cultures where you have uh, positioned yourself as an authority within comedy. And so those people care. But your own people really don't care. They don't find you funny. You're not the guy. They trust Cat Williams. They trust Dave Chappelle. Though that's those are the pillars. You are just a standby guy. You're just popular. Nobody nobody respects your skill set. We respect your hustle. We respect your business acumen. We 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 respect the position you 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 are trying to hold and 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 uplift. 
we get it. You, you're just going to embody the fact that you are black, but you're not going to talk about it. You're just going to be that. You're going to be a black man who owns it. But keep in mind, when you came on a breakfast club, when you came on the breakfast club, you used that opportunity to shit on your own community. You used that opportunity to say, I'm bulletproof. I'm bigger than all of you. And anybody else in comedy who really wants it, come get it. That's what you said. Yes, Kevin, that was you. You talk down to your own people. Then you go on Joe Rogan experience and don't even talk about your people. You talked about Patrice O'Neill. That was about it. You, you're not for us. You're not for us, my G, and I can see through you. You're an entertaining young man. You're a cool cat, man. But you somewhere along the way, you lost it. That's why you didn't want to speak on the homophobic thing. That's why you didn't want to be an ambassador to the homophobic community. You don't want to be an ambassador to anybody. You're just like Michael Jordan. Republicans buy sneakers too. He never wanted to, he never wanted to cause any waves. Thank God for somebody like LeBron. Build your own school. Say what needs to be said. Call out the NFL. Somebody got to do it. What are y'all doing with your influence? What are you doing with your power? You're wasting our time. You're wasting your life. You have people watching you. And you're wasting your energy talking about nothing. And all I'm saying to you is when they do tear you down, the same people, the same people that you said was coming for you during the Oscars, they're still coming for you, my G. The same people that was coming for you are, are coming. And I don't want you coming back running the culture when things get tough. When, when things get tough, don't come run back to the breakfast club then. Because you shit it on your own people then, and then you don't speak about us when you go on other platforms. All you tell us is that we are negative. We can see through the bullshit, Kevin. You were never really that funny. You got put in position because of the people that you work with and the, the equity partners that you have. You're aligned with some very powerful people. That's why you're in position. But nobody finds you funny. They find you profitable. And, it's, and, and the moment you're not profitable, the moment your books ain't selling, the moment the specials ain't hitting, you're going to be gone, my G. It's a cold winter, my nigga. Button up. Button up right now because when it when it, when the shit hits the fan, you can't run back to culture no more. We gotta get the imposters out. It's it's done. Y'all didn't let these imposters sit inside of our culture for far too long, and you keep paying them. You keep giving your money. Stop supporting bullshit. He doesn't speak for our culture. He never has. He never will. He's going to play it safe. He's going to throw it right down the middle. And there's no black equity in playing it safe. Don't play it safe, my friends. Do not play it safe. Or you'll find yourself on the Joe Rogan experience, one of the biggest platforms in all of the world. Where the conversation gets elevated, you'll find yourself on there. Pushing books and specials that nobody's going to, to, to enjoy or consume.
It becomes a menstrual show. This dude is a, is a walking, talking menstrual show. The truth is, the true joke is Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart is the joke. And he's laughing all the way to the bank at himself. Yeah, he's going to make his money. Yeah, he's going to be rich and famous. Yeah, he'll, he'll always be around. Because he played it safe. But at the end of it, when it all, when the smoke clears, the dust settles. I hope, I hope you find value in your books, in your specials that you didn't really elevate the conversation with. You use your opportunity to do nothing. Thank God for uh, the Carmichael show. Thank God for Martin. Thank God for Dave Chappelle. Thank God for Eddie Murphy, Red Fox, Monique. Thank God for these ambassadors who not only, not only give you great material, but then when it's time to sit down on any platform, they're not afraid to push their books and their specials to the side and elevate the conversation.